Welcome lads to another Friday and another episode where today we are hosting a known person to all of us. He goes by several names, you might know him as Wally Jesus, but most of us knows him as Charlie. Uh, Charlie works for the IOTA Foundation and is part of the Firefly team, which is developing one of the most advanced and secure crypto wallets in the space. And it's also just growing. So with that, welcome Charlie. Hey Thomas, how you doing man? All good mate, and you? Yeah, not too bad. Just wanted to kick off by saying congratulations on how successful this podcast has already been. I think you were what the uh, top three technology podcasts in Germany last month, which is yeah, yeah, kind of it's kind like, of mind blowing, right? Yeah, I was just like way behind, beyond my expectations. There, uh, it's moving around. <laughs> um, like if it's been some days since I uploaded last time, it it drops down. But we are aiming for Lexis on thin ice. He's your, he's your target. You're going to take that next. Yeah, I'm going to take him down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Firefly, right? Uh, it's a big mm-hmm. project within the IOTA Foundation. Uh, so I was just wondering, could you do like a general overview with like what is Firefly? Yeah, of course. So first and foremost, Firefly is the official wallet for the IOTA cryptocurrency developed in-house by the IOTA Foundation. Um what does what does a wallet mean? Like, a wallet is the way that you access your tokens within a respective cryptocurrency. So, it is responsible for securing your private keys, um, executing certain operations on those private keys in order to transfer your funds on a distributed ledger. And Firefly is. Uh, project has been going on for about a year. Um, previously, we had a wallet called Trinity, which we deprecated in favor of Firefly. Um, and we're gradually expanding the uh, number of platforms that Firefly resides on. So currently, Firefly is available on desktop, Linux, Mac, and Windows. And we are in the later stages of developing the mobile wallet. And we also have a web extension uh, on the go. So things are coming together. Firefly is uh, expanding, I would say. Um, and yeah, it's a, a growing project and, and hopefully will become a, a very important cornerstone within the the currently blossoming IoT ecosystem. Yeah, I believe so. There's a lot of a lot of ice on you right now. Uh, everyone is waiting mm-hmm. for, for, for the roadmap to com- be completed. Um, but how many are you now in the team? Yeah, so, I mean, traditionally, Firefly has been uh, somewhat understaffed, I would say. We've had a small team uh, up until 2021. So as we were uh, building the first Firefly version for Chrysalis, which was a major protocol upgrade last year within the IOTA ecosystem, which took IOTA from a sort of uh, experimental research project into a a more production-ready ledger that was built for uh, the real world. And uh, we, we quickly realized that the, the size of the team was not sufficient to support the lofty goals that we have for the app. So we've been expanding over the course of the last year, uh, hiring multiple different people. People have joined the team. And currently, we have nine and a half with one person full time, Rajiv, who I'm sure everyone in the community knows. Um, 
and and we're actually expanding further so we're we're still hiring for certain roles we currently have a position open for a, a senior mobile developer we have another one open for like a generalist app developer and we'll soon be hiring a senior architect as well so constantly expanding constantly growing uh lots to build and need to make sure we have the right team to achieve that mm. So, so if anyone out there listening uh, is capable of doing this, then feel free to apply for the position. Yeah, of course. Any any uh, talented developers within the IoT ecosystem, please do reach out um, if you think you have skills that are relevant to Firefly. Even if they don't pertain immediately to those positions I mentioned, it's worth just having a chat. So you can reach me on Discord if you if you want to want to get involved. Yeah, and there's probably lots of other things to do if they're not direct. What were you what you were looking for? Um, mm-hmm. For Firefly, like there's so much beneath it, um, because regular people just a wallet, well, can't be much. It's something you hold your money in, but with Firefly, it's something else. Like there's quite a lot of things going on around Firefly, isn't it? Yeah, so um, you can sort of look as Firefly as the last piece in the technical stack for IOTA in many ways. You have the protocol itself, which is run on the nodes, then the nodes, uh, you inter- uh, libraries will interact with the nodes and then Firefly will consume those libraries within the app. So there's a few different layers in between and, and from a, uh, a team perspective in the foundation, that means there are multiple teams that go into building things for Firefly effectively. Like we're consuming other teams work within the foundation and, and it makes for like an interesting uh, structure, right? You, you have to um, almost have like a waterfall system where the nodes complete their work, the library team completes their work, Firefly team then does everything at the end. So a lot of different components involved. Um, and uh, two two of those libraries, I guess, worth talking about are the Wallet RS library and the Stronghold library. So those are two um, Rust-based libraries for uh, two different purposes. The Wallet RS one is for general accounting and, and, and wallet functionality. And then Stronghold is a, a secure storage library for executing any sensitive operations on your private keys. So, yeah, I'd say Firefly, like you see the Firefly team in isolation, the UI, all of this kind of stuff. But really, Firefly is the composite of all of the work in the foundation in many ways. And it's what the user sees within the IoT ecosystem. And you know, for many of the less technical people within the IOTA space, Firefly is their is their sort of main go to point. They won't necessarily host nodes. They'll they'll be interacting with the ledger via Firefly. So, um, certainly a uh, an all encompassing app in that regard. Mm, yeah, like I myself, I'm I'm not a technical person. Like I'm the kind of guy that like might not even be able to change his password on his email or something like that. So, but so for <laughs> me saying that Firefly is actually very easy to use and I love it, like the design and everything is so well set up and it's so easy to use. And so, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying using it. It's, um, it's getting there, I would say. I'm, I'm not perfectly content with the usability. I think we're still uh, encumbered by some of the more esoteric details in crypto stuff around addresses and backing up your private keys and all of this stuff is still not something that your your grandma would be comfortable doing uh, or even your parents in some cases. So mm-hmm. um, I think that gradually we'll be adding more and more uh, usability features to improve there. And, and 
we are fortunate that there are lots of good wallets in the space that are doing some interesting things in each of those areas. And with the IOTA protocol now approaching a state where it can um, perform similar functionalities, we'll be looking to add uh, some of those nice usability uh, improvements that have um, developed elsewhere. Mm. So, so the latest upgrade in Firefly was, of course, a, a major one, uh, staking. Mm -hmm. Like, how does staking work? Yeah, so staking in Firefly and, and in IOH at the moment is not identical to what you would typically think of in staking in the wider crypto space. Um, staking is typically a way of um, engaging with a proof of stake consensus. Um, whereas in our case, we don't have staking as any any form of consensus in the IoT protocol is is almost it's almost like a a, a way to um, to to engage in this rolling airdrop, right? So we wanted to airdrop two tokens that are coming to the IoT ecosystem. I'll quickly talk about those. So you have Assembly, which is a a layer two dynamic smart contract framework. Um, and then you have Shimmer, which is a staging network for the IOTA protocol. And you know many of the upcoming protocol upgrades, well, all of the upcoming protocol upgrades will be tested first on Shimmer before then migrating to IOTA. And we wanted to come up with a system that would allow um, an airdrop that wasn't just a one-time event. So there, there are various different ways you can do airdrops. Some, like Uniswap, have rewarded their very early users by uh, airdropping tokens in a one-time event to people who use the protocol in the early stages. Uh, then, I mean, there are, there are other ways that people have done stuff. You can almost lock up tokens for, for an extended period and, and they don't get distributed people to people for, for some time. But we, we wanted a way to effectively uh, reward our existing community and also incentivize new people to come into the ecosystem and not just come in get the airdrop, sell immediately, and then leave. We want to sort of create a system where people actually start engaging with IOTA, learning about what we have to offer, how it's different to the rest of the space. And um, on a very sort of simple psychological level, purely by requiring people to lock up their IOTA um, temporarily, you have the option to move it around as you please. Um, you'll get a, a, a rolling airdrop of tokens. So the the first staking period that we have is, is lasting 90 days. And insofar as you have your tokens staked during that period, you'll get rewards of assembly and shimmer every 10 seconds for the full 90 day period. Um, and yeah, contrived in this way, it, it means that uh, people will hopefully uh, use Firefly, be impressed by the usability, be like, okay, this is interesting. I can send feeless transactions. Maybe I'll check out the Discord. Maybe I'll engage with the community. And, and hopefully it leads to just greater community expansion than um, a simple one-time airdrop event. Mm. Yeah, like I, I really like the setup of it. Uh, it's it's brilliant actually. Um, so, but this is this is going on for ninety days. Uh, we've spoken about this in a couple other episodes. Uh, but also, there will be a staking after those ninety days, right? Yeah. So, with assembly, some tokens have been reserved for the community to earn more staking rewards. So. The details are still being finalized, but more or less straight away after the first staking period, there'll be a, a follow-up staking period where people can earn assembly tokens um, and and engage in the exact same process and and, and earn more and more assembly rewards um, during the time um, between then and network launch and, and even beyond that. And then there's 
a sort of another uh, staking concept which will come into play with the launch of the Shimmer and Assembly networks. And it'll be possible to learn uh, to earn additional tokens within those uh, within those networks when they go live. Okay, so so there will be a, a staking period before the both of in my head I say ninety days staking period, and then we have to wait for mm -hmm. the networks to launch, and then we will mm -hmm. be able to stake uh, the uh, the launched networks uh, coins. Is that right? Yeah. So there'll be yeah. So there'll be a staking period more or less the same as the current one, except it will only be for assembly more or less immediately after this one finishes. Then as a separate staking, there'll be on the respective assembly and shiver networks, the opportunity to stake and, and earn further rewards. So multiple chances to earn tokens mm. um, for the IOTA community. I was not aware of that. That would be a, a one in the middle there. But that's that's great. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but also, there's, there's also been a, um, a topic coming up more and more lately uh, around voting within Firefly. Mm -hmm. um, People probably don't uh, expect to be to have a wallet that you can go around voting on stuff. Um, like, can you explain a little bit more around that? Yeah. So this is uh, derivative of uh, a a point that needs to be resolved within the IoT community about what to do with a big pool of unclaimed tokens from earlier in IoT's history. So. From the ICO and from a signature scheme change early on, 2016, 2015 sort of time, there were unclaimed tokens that, you know, for five or six years later have, have been unresolved. Nothing's happening with them. And the idea is that these should be put to some sort of use within the IOTA community or they should be burned. So mm -hmm. the idea will be that there'll be a, a decentralized vote. This needs to happen in a decentralized way. You need to involve um, the full IOTA community and everyone needs to have the opportunity to have their say in this decision and put in simple terms, is it better to burn these tokens with a view for the, for the token price to increase, or is it better to use these tokens to form a DAO and promote ecosystem growth? So in a very similar way that we're doing staking, we're adding a voting feature to Firefly. So the way that you vote is by much like staking, sending a transaction to yourself through Firefly, indicating that you would like to vote for a given option, and then leaving those tokens untouched on that address for the full period of the voting uh, for that particular vote. Um, and and the reason for doing this, like obviously from a sort of simplicity point of view, would say, why don't we just vote instantly? Like, why does everyone just say yes, no, done? Um, the issue with that is that people can game it, right? Like someone who is a big entity within the IoT ecosystem could go to an exchange, purchase a load of tokens, immediately vote for a given answer, and then sell the tokens immediately. So the idea of having this extended voting period will mean that there's an element of risk involved, right? Crypto mm. prices are volatile, IoT could go up and down. They might not want to lose money engaging in that particular vote. So that's the sort of uh, the, the motivation behind adding this feature to Firefly. And what will also come as part of this feature um, is the ability to initialize other votes. So this is just one vote, right? Whatever yeah. happens as a result of that is, is isolated to that particular vote. They may have follow-up votes off, off the back of it, but generally speaking, having the ability to have decentralized votes within the IoT ecosystem is an incredibly powerful tool. Uh, we see a lot of DAOs setting up within the community at the moment. There's content creator DAOs, there's various other 
DAOs that people are talking about and, and, and engaging with, and they need a sort of decentralized way to vote with funds, um, you know, a serious vote that actually is meaningful. And we're intending to provide that by adding this feature to Firefly. Mm. Well, I, I see the points of it and I, and I like it. I like it. I th and I'm looking forward to see this actually happening. And I don't think we're too far away from, from actually seeing it, are we? No, so we're, um, it's been ongoing for a long time. We've had some really amazing contributions by a, a, a set of community developers who've been working very hard on this, coming up with a, an effective system for voting and feeding into how it should be, you know, how governance around proposals for votes should happen and all of this sort of stuff. And uh, it's now in Firefly's hands, right? We're uh, developing it at the moment. We've been uh, working with some community guys to, to finalize UX flows and all of this sort of stuff. And now we're sort of deep into the development and getting the feature ready. And, and what this will look like is a separate tab within the Firefly wallet. So there'll effectively be a governance tab where you can vote on that initial build versus burn vote, and then also have the ability to vote on other, other, other proposals, right? So say you are a DAO within the community and you need, um, you need to vote on a particular topic, you would, uh, create that proposal, publish it on a node, and then set up a website and have the option to vote from that website. When you click vote in the website, that would deep link to Firefly, pull in the proposal, Firefly would query the node, get the full information about it, and then present that information to the user. And the user says, I want to vote for option A, I want to vote for option B, or depending on the nature of the vote, possibly more options. But it's, it's sort of a simple system to allow allow votes to just take place within the IoT ecosystem. I think it will be relied on for a while. And, and typically in other cryptos, they, they have voting around smart contracts and stuff. You have to send your tokens to a smart contract. And there's, a, there's an element of risk within that because you're, you're relying on people running that smart contract, depending on the nature of how smart contracts execute on that blockchain, whether they're layer one, layer two. Um, in our case, you're just using the layer one protocol, sending a transaction to yourself, very simple, very simple way of voting, no risk involved whatsoever. Uh, and you always have custody of your funds. So I think it's, it's done in a clever way. And I think it will be around for a while. And, and while there are some benefits of having smart contract based voting, I think this will remain a, a, a consistent way of, of, of voting within the IoT ecosystem for some time to come. Mm. Yeah. So like, in, like in general, like uh, smart contracts in Firefly, is there, is there something more to add there? Yeah, this is uh this is this is an upcoming thing, right? We um we're we're attacking this in two phases. So just to sort of pull things back a little bit, we have this upcoming set of protocol upgrades this year, um, tokenization, uh, NFTs within that, um, and and also smart contracts and and all of the interesting use cases around that. And from the Fireflies team's perspective, we are breaking this down into two phases. We have the layer one stuff which is native tokens, NFTs, et cetera. Then we have the layer two stuff, which is smart contracts and specifically stuff like ERC20 tokens and interacting with uh, DEXs and, and all of these interesting Web3 things. So we've broken it up into two phases. We're focusing first on the layer one before we later move to the layer two. Yeah, awesome. So, so we, we're coming back to that topic uh, later on, um, mm -hmm. but also a topic that is very... <laughs> It's very high demand for you could say uh, the Firefly mm -hmm. wallet. So, like, what's the current state of it, and like, what's the roadmap for Firefly wallet on the mobile? 
on the mobile side yeah, yeah. sure so we um we're we're in sort of the uh the final stages before getting to a alpha version um the first version of firefly mobile is going to have the exact same feature set as the desktop version currently does so that's just setting up a wallet being able to send around transactions managing your iota tokens all of that kind of stuff and that as i say is is in its sort of final stages before an alpha we'll have a a closed testing group and and later moving to a more public one before then a release most likely um we're still refining the details of how exactly the the testing will look like and um looking forward to sharing more information about it but yeah, the, the current goal is get Firefly Mobile to a, to a releasable state, uh, allow people who prefer mobile or, or only have mobile devices to engage with IOTA more. And from there, we then proceed to work on the roadmap that I alluded to earlier around native tokens and NFTs. Speaking about like native tokens and NFTs, like, first of all, what is a native token? Yeah, so a native token is a, an interesting feature that's coming to the IOTA protocol with the upcoming tokenization upgrade. So these are a layer one tokens that could represent all sorts of things. You have a, a token foundry where you mint a set of native tokens and you set a particular supply control policy on that foundry. And then once you've created and minted those, then you can't change the supply control thereafter. So this could be like dynamic supplies, fixed supplies, or, or cap total supplies. And um, this can be the response, like the, the party that's responsible for minting this native token could be a smart contract. It could be just uh, a typical user with, with a typical address. And, and in this way, it makes for a, a really interesting, powerful system that's different to, to many of the other um, tokenization platforms in the space, you know, typically tokenization will happen through smart contracts like ERC20. And, and what this means is that we have layer one tokens that are part of the layer one ledger and can and move around and, and, and these sorts of things. And when you have smart contract chains on the IOTA network, they'll actually be able to transfer assets between those layer two smart contract chains by sending native tokens or, or NFTs on layer one between each other. Okay. Uh, so, so like I can actually create my own token and and have it in my Firefly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, I mean, from Firefly's perspective, we're gonna um, we're gonna add minting at one point. So I think initially, when when the sort of tokenization stuff kicks off and when the the IoT ecosystem grows around tokenization, it will it will happen through libraries, right? It'll be mostly devs creating these sorts of things. And I think in a future version of Firefly, we have a, a nice to have goal of adding the ability to mint tokens yourself. Um, likely in developer mode because you don't want everyone creating random tokens if, if you can avoid it. But it would be nice for people to, to at the very least, try it out. So that's that's the plan from from Fireplay's perspective. And there's a, a sort of subcomponent of the tokenization upgrade around dust protection, which means that in order to mint a pool of native tokens, you also need to have some IOTA tokens. Now, those IOTA tokens don't get lost or don't go anywhere. It's not a fee. It's just a sort of deposit to allow you to create the token foundry that has minted those tokens. Oh, those yeah. tokens. wow. That's cool though. Yeah, so that, I mean, the dust protection thing is quite interesting. Like it it basically necessitates the IOTA token in any activity within the layer one ledger and by proxy uh, requires the IOTA token for, for cross-chain asset swaps uh, on layer two. So that introduction of this sort of 
hard requirement, which is there because there's uh, a finite amount of storage space on, on a node, has actually got nice properties for the tokenomics of IOTA by making IOTA essential to IOTA tokens essential to pretty much any activity uh, at layer one within the IOTA ecosystem. Yeah. And, and this is, was this the same about like NFTs? This... Mm -hmm. so you yeah, it applies to NFTs as well. In the Firefly wallet. Yeah, so NFTs in uh, IOTA, I mean, there'll be, there'll be more than one form. So you have layer one NFTs, which are the ones that we're, we're currently discussing. And they, uh, they uh, effectively exist as um, slightly different to, to, to standard IOTA token transfers. And, and the way it will work is that you send an NFT to someone with some IOTA attached. The recipient claims that NFT, attaches some IOTA to it, and sends your IOTA back to you. So it, it takes two token transfers to send an NFT around. And this has some nice properties because <laughs> on a very simple level, it, it, it stops um, random people from just sending you unsolicited, uh, unpleasant NFTs to your wallet that you, you don't know what to do with. You know, you need to send them yeah. away and take a manual action. You can, you can quite literally reject an NFT that someone sends to your wallet in Firefly. Um, and yeah, I think layer one native NFTs is going to be a really interesting feature. It's more secure than, than a layer two uh, NFT, for example. And there's some interesting discussions happening in the IOTA community around the direction of, of these native NFTs and, and defining a standard for them, because uh, we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where they're completely unstandardized. You have different projects creating different NFTs that are incompatible with each other. So the community is being very um, prudent in devising an early strategy and, and standard for how NFTs on layer one should look like. Yeah, so like like uh, today, which is the recording day, um, the uh, mm -hmm. Rusty Roba uh, drop will happen. Do, do you think um, I will be able to like hold my Rusty Roba in the Firefly wallet someday? Yeah, nice, that, uh, the Rusty Robot NFT drop. I, I sadly missed out on it because I, I hadn't realized there was a whitelist, uh, unfortunately, but I'm uh, excited for all the community members who can grab one today. But yeah, exactly. We're going to have an NFT tab, like a gallery view within the Fireflake wallet where you can host your different NFTs and, and, and look at them and, and you know do different things with them, send them around and, and, and that sort of stuff. And we're... We're defining exactly how that's going to look like because it could it could easily go into Firefly being almost like a multimedia player where it's, it's processing MP4s, MP3s, you know, songs, uh, videos, and we we're trying to sort of currently get our heads around how exactly that gallery will look like, and then you know further down the line it would be cool to have some sort of feature where you can link that gallery to a particular domain and share that with people. So another community project that's happening in the IOTA ecosystem is around uh, the IOTA name service. So this is something that exists on Ethereum. You know, people on Twitter will have the name um, thomas.f, and this is a, a domain through which you, you can interact with Ethereum. It's, it's effectively an address. Um, and if we port that to IOTA, then we might be able to have a system in the future where you could present your NFTs and, and sort of show them off and, and flex <laughs> via 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 your uh, thomas.iota domain cool wow that's that's further down the line though it's not it's not going to be in the in the very first version the first the first version of nfts in firefly will simply be like a local gallery that you can look at and manage and and much like your you know your other tokens you'll have the ability to manage your iota tokens you have the ability to manage your native tokens and you have the ability to manage your nfts
Mm. So like it's like are we far away from actually being able to hold other tokens in uh, in Firefly? Not too far off, I would say. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't give ETAs within no. the IOTA Foundation uh, as is tradition, but um, we're not far off. It's it's our it's our main focus point for the the tokenization upgrade. You know, we as I mentioned previously, divided it into two stages. First, focus on layer one, then focus on layer two. So the first one will have yeah full native token and nft asset management within firefly desktop firefly mobile mm. and hopefully firefly web yeah because the, I, I see uh, this, the browser um, extension i see like this um a, a lot of community projects has like token airdrops right now and and they're doing it on like other networks and i need another wallet so i'm, I'm not really too excited but if i was mm -hmm. able to have it in firefly i would ape in it to it right away uh but you just yeah and five Sorry, go on. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so you just mentioned the Firefly web. Uh, so mm -hmm. we got all this, um, the MetaMask and all this going on right now. It's like, how do you compete with that? Yeah, so this is like, this is how we're regarding Firefly in the, uh, the team at the moment is some of these major projects within Web3, within the crypto ecosystem, wallets namely are, are doing very well you know metamask is, is a household name that everyone knows you now have upcoming ones like phantom which have uh, just launched an ios app and raised something like 100 million dollars to, to to fuel their development uh, you have ones like argent within the ethereum ecosystem who are doing all sorts of interesting things some of those nice usability factors i use uh, i alluded earlier like uh smart contract based wallets and and multi-sig and and ways to just completely augment the experience of, of, of holding tokens. And we, uh, we we need to compete with those, right? Like if we want IOTA to be regarded in the same way that the biggest protocols like Ethereum, like Solana, et cetera, are currently regarded, then we need to, we need to get to a level playing field. So one very important component of doing that is adding a browser extension. And something like MetaMask, something like Phantom on Solana, they they are standalone wallets in the web and and from my point of view from like a security perspective it's, it's kind of crazy how they work like they're they're hot wallets that store your private keys in your browser and you're you're just waiting for you know some bug in in chromium or, or some sort of way for an exploit to, to extract that seed and, and that could happen anytime so for me it's it's crazy that that's become the standard within the space for security um, you know, they, they interact with Ledger Nanos and the general advice is to use Ledger Nano, but by and large, the average user is going to ignore that advice and just do what's ever easiest, which is just, you know, create create the wallet within the browser. So we've attacked the browser extension from a, a, a totally different way of thinking. We said, right, this is an extension of the existing Firefly app. This is not a standalone wallet. So the way the, the Firefly web extension, which is uh, a really, really uh, wonderfully built app, by a community member called Evan Feenstra. He's been developing it as part of an EDF and we're, we're gradually building uh, a sort of uh, system between him and the IF where we sort of co-develop it. He, uh, he's built this really, really lovely app that is, uh, operates as an extension of Firefly, almost like a, a relay device. So it allows Firefly desktop to interact with the apps in the browser without having to store the seed in the browser itself. So you, you have messages passed between the two apps locally on your device. Um, the, the web extension will ask the wallet to do a particular thing. You know, I need this transaction signed. Uh, I need these funds moved here. 
and you will have granted certain access required uh, access policies to given dApps on the browser. So a dApp asks for a particular um, action. You say, right, I'm going to authenticate this, and then that is stored uh, locally within Firefly. Says, you know, uh, only these actions can occur from this particular uh, dApp, and and it creates like a, a nice secure environment where you have you have isolation between your your, your private key and therefore your your fund security, your, your token security, and what's going on in the dApps. So it's it's a rethink of, of how to approach things. And I think that um, you hear you hear about funds getting stolen left, right, and center on, on MetaMask. Yeah. Lots of um, board eight yacht club owners losing their board apes and, and being very upset about it on Twitter. Like that won't be possible with Firefly because we'll have a, a, a sort of greater security, um, uh, a better security approach. Mm. Well, I really love like the uh, the idea of it, and I'm truly looking forward to 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 be able to use just my wallet, the one wallet, uh, because mixing around with several different wallets, um, well, it's stressful just for the experienced user. But mm-hmm. for people that's not used to doing all this, it's just just a mind blowing of a wave of information coming into you, and you have to like trying to manage all these different accounts, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I guess yeah. It- gets hard to manage for sure um i mean one thing i will say so there, there will be a period within the iot ecosystem when we're transitioning into the new uh the new sort of era of the iot protocol where we add smart contracts and tokenization where we'll rely on metamask uh, mm. we we're we're building firefly web to become the metamask of the iot ecosystem but we're gonna have a period where based on this phase structure i mentioned of focusing on layer one first, then layer two, where MetaMask is used for layer two functionality. Um, and then gradually, as smart contracts become ready in the wallet library I described earlier, uh, that will allow us to add the ability to sign smart contracts to Firefly Web, the, the web extension. And then gradually, we'll migrate from MetaMask to Firefly Web and, and purely use Firefly, hopefully. Um, mm. And yeah that's 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 sort of the the plan there and 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 how we anticipate things going and i I don't think it's too problematic because the iota community has become quite familiar with metamask because we've had the uh, iota smart contract beta operating against metamask so any of the the big nft drops so far like iota bots have have worked through metamask and so it it shouldn't be too bad and and it's sort of like a nice um a nice situation for us where we can be afforded some time to, to perfect Firefly Web and really get something that works incredibly well rather than rushing it out. Um, it's nice to have that MetaMask uh, <laughs> as, as a buffer, effectively. Yeah. Uh, like, so, so within the smart contracts, yeah, like the use of it and within Firefly, uh, is there something we haven't covered that you would like to, to add? Yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, uh, IOTA's uh, WASP node, which is the the node that runs smart contracts, is going to be VM agnostic, agnostic, and that means that different forms of smart contracts in different languages can be run. Um, I personally suspect that EVM will be the dominant one because we have an entire Ethereum ecosystem where you can port smart contracts over easily to IOTA. And um, on account of that, what we're planning to do in Firefly is to prioritize EVM-based smart contracts, and so. The two most relevant ones to a wallet are ERC uh, twenty and ERC seven two one, and then ERC 
1000 and something, which is a, a derivative NFT um, or, or more like an expanded NFT uh, uh, smart contract standard. And the idea is that as, it, as, as Firefly develops, you see it as a, as a digital asset management platform. And in order to, to kind of fulfill that fully and cover layer one and layer two, we'll need to support ERC-20 tokens within the IoT ecosystem and ERC-721 tokens within the IoT ecosystem. So that's the current plan, having um, tokens and NFTs within Firefly that have unique properties afforded to them by the fact that they're based on a smart contract. Um, mm. So that, that's sort of how we see smart contracts operating with Firefly um, from the actual the wallet desktop wallet itself. Obviously, with um, the web extension, you'll have the ability to sign different smart contracts and, and engage with different DApps, DeFi, and, and NFT marketplaces within the IoT community, and, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I also see on the, like the history of what you're doing, like or everything you guys within the IoT Foundation are doing, you're doing it in as easy ex as possible for the user experience and everything mm -hmm. is well documented so you're able to if you can't figure out something there's always uh, a way to read up on it and if that not even makes sense to you then there's always the community and you guys are always around to answer the questions that yeah. you need so so it's really uh like everyone can do it uh, it just depends on how much experience. help you need in the iota community you, you've always got uh, access to iota foundation members directly on discord which is which is nice i think other crypto communities are a little bit more ivory tower and, and the devs don't engage so directly with the community so it's a very nice situation and and if if you're a dev who's interested in crypto then iota is almost the perfect community for it because it's so open and, and friendly and and democratic and, and yeah. people contributing to different things and and lots of uh Solid personalities. I mean, one, one thing I always sort of say on a, on a psychological level around the IoT community is that we've been together through thick and thin, right? We've mm. been as a unit through a multi-year bear market where other projects have reached great heights in price. And, and it's almost like whittled down the base of the community to a core set of people who really care about IOTA and, and about the vision. And, and, and it's meant that like we're a very tight-knit group. Everyone knows everyone. And, and it, it bodes very well for the future, I will say, because uh unlike other i don't, I don't want to throw shade at other projects but we're not having to we're not having to build a community after having built the protocol we have the community already and it's and it's expanding as the protocol develops we're not having to incentivize devs to come in by throwing huge money at them we have devs who deeply believe in iota and are already building things so it's a it's a it's a lovely sort of uh human project to be a part of and i think it's going to be a, a nice story when when everything finally materializes Mm, yeah, absolutely. Like you've been for the uh, been within the Iota Foundation for quite a while now. Like, what's what's yeah. keeping you there? <laughs> it's uh yeah, I mean it's been multiple years, right? I've been approaching my fifth year, mm. I guess four, four and a half currently, bit bit more than four and a half. I don't know. I think um it's for me from a from a work point of view, like community aside and and all of the fun there, um is is sort of the perfect environment for me. I think that. We have a very welcoming environment within the IF. It's, you know, any opinion can be heard. It, it's not, it's not like dogmatic. It's, it's, it's fully like a, an open um, environment for people to to come up with ideas. And and in that sense, it's, it's allowed me to flourish personally and you know build a team around Firefly and, and develop my own career and, and grow and, and work on something that's really fucking exciting, really. Yeah. Um, and that and that's it, right? Like I think you know, 
let's say deep in the bear market be easy to throw in the towel being like oh you know jump to something else but mm. i want to be here to build something really meaningful that that lasts right and i think we we have always been onto something with iota we just haven't quite arrived at that and i think this year coming is where everything comes to fruition right we have all of these interesting protocol upgrades happening that's going to rocket launch iota up into the rest of the space suddenly people are going to be like what the hell I can do X, Y, Z without paying fees. Why the hell am I paying fees for this? You know, we'll, we'll have similar utility to other protocols in the space. And suddenly yeah. people will, will be like, hang on a minute. Why have I slept on this all this time? Yeah. So, yeah, but like, but like also there's, there's quite a lot of, um, of, of course, there's a lot of other crypto projects, other wallets around. Like, is there any other wallets that you guys uh, that really knows the technology and the and the use of it that are you you guys like are watching from from the side and are thinking like wow they're doing a great job this yeah what this is. I, yeah the the two that I I really think of at the moment are Phantom and Argent um, Phantom I talked about earlier Argent I briefly alluded to Argent's mostly within the ethereum ecosystem phantoms currently within the solana ecosystem but is planning to branch out uh what i would say is that phantom has really simplified usability like they've they've removed all of the the complex language that makes cryptos incredibly hard to digest um which you'll, you which you'll find with metamask if you use metamask as a new user you're, you're sort of there's a barrage of, of of strange complex functionality you don't understand phantom has stripped that all back made it incredibly simple and, and really refine the user experience. So that's where I would say the best uh, usability is within the space is within Phantom. And then Argent are doing very interesting things from a, from a technical point of view, making Ethereum as a protocol more usable, using layer two roll-up systems to uh, avoid paying uh, high fees, You know, reducing how much it costs to do anything within the Ethereum protocol. And then they're doing all of these nice usability things of smart contract-based wallets to uh, uh, to allow you to not even have to have a private key, like having things like uh, guardians, where if you if you lose access to your wallet, you've pre-selected uh, multiple friends to to get you back going effectively, and those friends can say, right, you know, this person is who they say they are, and 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 they have access to this wallet. So it's um those two mainly, I would say, Phantom Argent are the are the big ones to look out for. Both have a lot of funding. Uh, we need to catch up in, in many regards. Um, beyond that, I think that there are lots of sort of interesting wallets around. I think, uh, generally speaking, wallets are uh, a third party, which um, makes for, makes for an interesting thing for IOTA, right? We're, we're sort of unique in that sense that the wallet's developed in-house. And I think that has lots of different advantages. I think the only other wallet that is as close to the foundation in the in the top 20 or as close to the core core team is, is maybe Daedalus for Cardano. But... Um, as a result of that, it allows the Firefly team to feed into different discussions for the future of the IOTA protocol and, and be very close to everyone. So I think it's a, I think that's our sort of, um, our sort of, uh, you know, our ace in our sleeve kind of thing is the fact that we've been developed within the IOTA foundation and we're much closer to the core protocol, meaning that things have been developed with wallets in mind than other projects that are developing things in isolation. Mm. So, so like you mentioned the two. Um, but like, is um, is the Firefly more secure than other crypto wallets in general? 
Yeah, I mean, so it, it depends on, on, on which wallets you're looking at. I think the smart contract based wallets in Argent is, is almost a totally different proposition and has different security requirements and arguably by its very nature is more secure. Um, you have stuff like MetaMask, which we discussed previously, which stores keys in the browser, which is, in my opinion, insecure or only secure as, as, as the browser, which uh, can be problematic. Um, generally speaking, we've we've sort of completely rethought security in Firefly in a, in a way that's different to the rest of the space. I think typically you'll have a, a wallet that will you know store a, a key in, in the keychain and uh, of the device of, of, on the OS, and and you'll have to pull that key into memory and, and perform different actions on it. You know, let's say you want to generate an address, let's say you want to sign a transaction, that gets exposed to the rest of the application. So you have a bit of a weird security model there, in that you're 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 pulling out your key from its secure storage um, area and and almost exposing stuff. If something goes wrong with the app, the other 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 things would be able to. Uh, possibly read. And, and the way that Firefly has done things is rethought this and, and has this system with Stronghold where all sensitive operations happen in isolated memory. And if you want to interact with the Stronghold, you have to send it a message. And this makes for like a nice sort of conceptual boundary effectively with between um, different parts of the app. And, and in the future will hopefully allow us to add things to Firefly that other wallets wouldn't be able to do because um, because of just the, the, the fundamental architecture of of how Stronghold works with message passing and isolated memory. So I would say, generally speaking, Firefly is one of the more secure apps in crypto. We approach things differently. We, we take security very seriously and, and we're not gonna, uh, like th there's always this trade-off between security and usability. And I think much of the space has gone too far in one direction and said, right, you know, mm. we'll have hot wallets in the browser because it's, it's nice for, for DGENs to, to play around with. <laughs> but prior to it, we're, we're, we're seeing users in, a more sensible light, I would say, where you handhold to a certain extent. You're like, right, we can't expect everyone to ensure that they have perfect security practices. So we will enforce certain restrictions that are a little bit um, like there's a, there's a bit more friction. But as a result, everything is more secured. No one loses funds. Whereas in others, other cryptos where they sort of leave everything up to the user, um, mistakes happen. And yeah, that's that's sort of what we want to avoid. But like. Because the end of the day, it's the security that matter, matters. Um, because it's, it's, if, the, it's the bread and butter of a wallet, right? Security yeah. is so critical. Um, and we're seeing so many hacks, like... Mm, uh, it's daily. The, the hack the other day with... Yeah, and, and I mean, hacks seem to be mostly targeting bridges at the moment, you know, uh, cross-chain bridges like the uh, wormhole hacker a couple of days ago. But it's it should be the... it should Like, you shouldn't build a wallet if you're not prepared to put security at the very core of it. Like... And I think in the space, it is a little bit neglected. And that's why we have more hacks than we, we, we would like, I think, as, as an industry. Mm. Because, like, of course, the usability is, of course, a major factor in winning it. But security is, like, the main target to aim for. Because, as you say, if, if a, all the wallets move towards usability and a nice design, but security is bad, mm. then it's good for a couple of months until you get hacked. Yeah, exactly. People need so, to people need to take these things seriously and balance balance appropriately. I would say. Mm, yeah, totally. Uh, but, but like, we've spoken about this now for the last hour, and um, there's quite a lot of things coming up for the Firefly team. Um, like a lot of different features within Firefly that's coming rather soon. It's like, 
how you test all of this at once. Mm -hmm. So I briefly mentioned earlier about how we're going to be doing a, a Firefly mobile alpha and beta in some particular form. Um, one, one important thing that we're changing with Firefly testing from this point onwards effectively is how we do beta testing as a whole. Like traditionally, we've had a closed testing group of testers who test everything and, and the community only sees it, the public community only sees it once it's in the production state. And the way this is going to change is that going forwards, we're going to be having monthly releases. Um, and we're starting this with Firefly Desktop this month, where you have a monthly public beta release. And uh, you will be able to download the public beta from the Firefly GitHub, and it will install separately from your main wallet. It will be connected to a testnet by default. So the idea is that it's, it's meant to be used for testing. Um, and in this way, we will have more regular releases, right? So this will happen every single month. There'll be a code cutoff. Uh, whichever features have been merged and are ready by that time will be included in this public beta. And then everything else will be held back for the next month. Um, so that's sort of the, the regular release cadence that's coming into play. And, and it will be nice because more community members will be able to try out things, you know, test bug fixes, test, test minor fit features, and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but we're going to maintain the slightly more closed environment for major milestone releases. So, I mean, one example of that is Firefly Mobile. It's going to be a more closed environment initially because it's, you know, it's easier to manage. It creates a, a degree of excitement. Um, and, and any sort of major milestone releases across all of the Firefly versions will first be tested with a more private group before then moving to a, a public environment. So with tokenization, with, uh, with smart contracts, that will happen in, in closed testing before moving to, a, to a, a public testing phase. So you basically have two threads of testing. You have the regular monthly release cadence for, for smaller features, um, bug fix work sort of stuff. And then you have the major milestone releases, slightly more exclusive, like include a smaller set of community members and uh, hopefully uh, makes for a, a nice way of, of getting a, a balance between who, who can access uh, the latest features and, and test them and, and inform the, the development process of, of the Firefly team. Mm. Well, like it, it includes the community um, and overall, like, is there anything else that the community will be able to get access to earlier? Mm -hmm. So I guess that, that the one that is the big one is, is Firefly Mobile. We're, we're still defining how exactly we want to do the, the beta for this. Like it may be completely open. It may be more exclusive. We have a, a hard requirement, for example, on test flight of 10,000 users. So we need to try and balance that. And um, I guess one thing that we'd want the community to understand is that in an ideal world you'd have absolutely everything tested in public as soon as it's ready to be but it, it can sort of create a hectic environment for the developers where you're getting um the same bug reported multiple different times on multiple platforms and you have to try and organize that and all of that sort of stuff so we're, we're trying to find the best way to keep things as open as possible while allowing people to get you know access to things and test them out um early on so i think the, the system we've come up with should work well and we'll see how uh, we'll see how that pans out over the coming months yeah awesome so i'm getting to the end of my question list uh is there anything uh, that we haven't spoken about that you would like to add or something on the earlier topics that you would like to expand um i think we've covered everything quite well I, hopefully this has given a a nice breakdown of, of what we have planned for firefly there's 
a hell of a lot happening in parallel. Uh, teams expanded a lot. We're trying to cover all bases at the same time. And um, I'm, I'm really excited for, for where we're going to be in a year's time and, and looking back at this year and, and seeing what we've, uh, what we've achieved within the team and what we've built with the community. It's going to be a cool year. And I think the, the, real, uh, the real rocket launch for, for IOT as a project is, is certainly in 2022. And that is a, an adage that people say every single year, you know, 2021 is IOTA's year, 2020 is <laughs> IOTA's year, but really 2022 is, is IOTA's year. <laughs> yeah, and we know who this, to go to if it isn't. Now you've said it live. Yeah, but I, I believe you. Get you some uh, so much going and chase, on. And chase the Fireflight team. Yeah. <laughs> you're now, <laughs> you're not alone um, responsible for this yeah we've uh we've, we've uh a mutual relationship with the IoT community and and you know we we have to uh we have to deliver a lot and we're we're accountable to the IoT community in that sense so um we're going to make sure we get everything done in a in a nice time frame and and it's going to be a an exciting period yeah i'm really looking forward to see all of this uh, everything that we have been talking about now the last hour coming into real life mm-hmm. uh, starting to use both like the voting the next staging period, NFTs, native tokens, Firefly mm-hmm. Web, all of these things coming into reality, and I think we, I think I think the community in general has has a lot to learn, uh, because we've been in this small bubble, right? Where we're only mm-hmm. focusing on like the Trinity and the Firefly wallet. We haven't even, we just recently started to use MetaMask and all these NFTs, so. Every th- I think it's about to get like the Cambrian explosion is about to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, there's a there's sort of um, there's a learning phase that the IoT community is going to have to go through. Like I saw a, a Twitter poll the other day asking like who's used DEXs and stuff like that, and the the amount of people was low. Like we we've we've existed in isolation as, as sort of a yeah. one cool one one coin to rule them all sort of mentality among some of the community members, and I think it's going to be it's going to be like everyone being thrown in the deep end. Everyone's going to learn quickly and. Um, hopefully we can engage in some sort of cross IF, cross community education efforts. Uh, you know, there's already been some nice initiatives around DAO learning set up by Holger Webel and, and community members. And uh, we, we need to learn fast, right? Like, and mm. I think that will just happen naturally. Like there's just so many community projects across more or less all areas of Web3 springing up now. And, and people are just going to have to skill up and, and understand things very quickly. Yeah. Um, so... Other than that, um, super appreciate that you took the time to join us for the podcast and explain. I think this is quite valuable information because it's it's quite a lot of topics that is a little bit vague to a lot of people. Uh, yeah. So thank you a lot of, to, to come and tell us all about this and what we have coming. So so other than that, uh, yeah, again, thank you. And to the rest of all, have a good weekend. Yeah, cheers for having me, Thomas. It's been uh, great talking with you. And obviously, if any community members have any more specific topics or, or, or questions around anything I've talked about here, then please uh, please do reach out to me on Discord. I'm I'm always available. Yeah, Char- Charlie's always there. He answers every question. <laughs> <laughs> He's always there for people that, that need some kind of clarity in whatever topic that's needed. And if he can't answer it, he will direct you to the one that can. So mm-hmm. other than that, it's, it's the usual get behind get left behind guys you know what to do so cheers cheers <laughs>